0: Welcome. You're now listening to Dirty Feet. Bonjour. Oui, vous êtes sur les ondes
1: des pieds sales, a.k.a. Dirty Feet podcast on No More Radio.
2: And hosted by...
1: Joanny Farin.
2: J.D. Papillon.
1: Alison Burns. Right. Stay tuned. We're going
0: to move
3: you...
2: Hey everyone, welcome to the first 30 Feet Live podcast directly from the French Park. Today with us are a bunch of different artists from the French, uh, the Montreal French 2013. We're really excited. It's going to be dance, it's going to be uh, theater with a lot of movement in it. There's comedy, there's circus and acrobatics. So it's a very varied ep- uh, episode of 30 Feet today and we're really excited to have you on board. With me right now are Joanny Farrand and Alison Burns. Hello, hello. The way we will proceed today, uh, we'll go guest by guest. So it won't be a roundtable the way we do quite often. Uh, our first guest will be uh, Giaire Godley from the Project 44 show Southern Boy. Uh, and Joanie will be interviewing him
0: yes thank you all right so the fringe has started we have a lot of good dance shows happening include one of them is um, southern boy like JD was saying so we are here with Gier. hi Gier. thanks for coming how are you hi, thanks for
4: having me Great.
0: okay we are super happy to have you you guys are from New York yes um, you're the choreographer and artistic director of the company called project 44 yeah right yes okay and the show is called southern boy it's an all-male cast All male. So can you tell us a bit about the show, how you put everybody together for this performance?
4: Uh, Well, Project 44 uh, in itself is all men. Um, And the piece, Southern Boys, um, it grew from a single duet that I created to the music by Gil Scott Heron, who is also from the South. He's not from the same state as me, but he's from the South as well. And he had experiences in New York where sometimes it can be a little rough to what you're used to. And that really kind of touched me kind of the things that i was going through moving from arkansas to new york and you know battling working and being a a creative person in the city Um, and so from there it just kind of grew into different little almost vignettes but not so you know kind of streamlined abstract stories and emotions that i i am at to where i was
0: and would you describe the the show as being modern dance, contemporary dance, jazz?
4: Uh, I would describe it as modern, contemporary, with definitely a, a vocabulary in ballet. Um, mm-hmm. the, the stylistically, I'm trying to track where I am now, as you see in the beginning, with kind of a heavier, deeper movement, but still has that ballet flair to where I kind of began with a more upright, contemporary ballet modern thing. So it's kind of tracking back to my southern roots and my original training.
0: Right, indeed. Um, It is your first time in Montreal, yes? Yes. How did you hear about the Montreal Fringe and what made you apply for it?
4: Uh, So I've done a lot of fringes with just a friend of mine, so not with all six guys. And there was like a huge fringe list. And there were all these great places and I looked at places I have not been. And I looked up Montreal and the fringe looked amazing and it, it is amazing. And so I just applied and kind of put everything in motion and we're here and loving it
0: yeah and you got here a few days ago just in time for the fringe uh the french for all for the out of towners yes, yeah? yeah how did that go for you
4: oh that was amazing we didn't know what to expect and we we're kind of like okay this is what we'll do and we don't know how people will take us or perceive us because it's not really a funny funny piece but it's it's likable and so just the response that we got from the french for all made us so happy and thrilled to be here and it was really fun
0: it is a very impressive show i find i mean this, the venue that you're at uh, it's venue 12 uh, the Jean Valcourt studio on, yes. on uh, Henri Julien sorry 4570 Henri Julien yes uh, it's a bit of a small space maybe for the beautiful dancers that you have that are very tall very flexible <laughs> yeah. um, what do you think do you think that as well as a performer as performing yes, in the um, piece as well it,
4: it is a, a bit small but that's just another challenge as a performer you, you know you overcome and you figure out how to make it work with your body it's with the movement um, it's just about being a professional then you know Pretty much, um, and, yeah. and moving one as a, as a core and keeping your eyes open so if anything does happen, you're ready to respond. So, really about being active and in the moment. So, even though it's choreographed by me and it's staged by me, I really encourage them being active and open in the moment. So, if something happened, I'm okay with you changing, you moving. You know, it keeps it right. alive and yeah, fresh. yeah,
0: definitely. And why an all male cast? You were saying that that's the base of uh, Project 44, but to all the dancers that you can find, the female <laughs> dancers are always a bit more populated or whatever than male. Why all guys?
4: You know, when I first started working in New York, I picked up a lot of uh, independent kind of contract gigs where someone needed a male dancer, and that's great to get to get hired. But then when you walk in the studio, like, here's a woman, she's like, twirl me. Your and you're like, oh, head head that's down. all I'm doing, you know, which is fine. It's really great to compliment a woman. Um, but with Project 44, when I started in 2010, I really wanted to showcase the male performer and our versatility and the beauty and the things that we brought to the table that sometimes are are underrated just because we're men. So you're just like, oh, wow, you're men. So you're, al- you're already fabulous. But there is really true fabulousness. That's a word <laughs> to male <laughs> performers, you know. Yeah. So that's really something that I wanted to, to showcase and hone in. And that even if it is all male, there's nothing kind of you know homoerotic about it or anything like that. That we can still be masculine and wear tights or whatever we need to wear to perform.
0: Indeed, and you have a lot of partner, or you have some partner work as well, yes. some lifts, uh, some group pieces, some duets, uh, solos sometimes. So you do go all around uh, yeah, uh, the format of it. Yeah, cool. Um, Southern Boy is going on for two shows.
4: We have two you more have shows, one yes. show tonight one show at
0: 9.30 p.m. Yes. Yes, and one tomorrow, Tuesday, at 7.45, yes? Yeah? Yes. Well, good luck. I hope you have a
1: great time in Montreal and you come back, and we'll hope to Definitely. see you around the fringe.
4: Yeah, thank you for having me.
1: And just before we say goodbye, could you introduce this track that we're about to play from your piece?
4: Uh, you're about to hear the, this is the inspiration track. Um, it's called New York is Killing Me by Gil Scott-Heron. Okay.
3: okay. Yeah, the doctors don't know, but New York was killing me. Bunch of doctors come around, they don't know that New York is killing me. Yeah, well I need to go home and take a slow down in Jackson, Tennessee. So your city living ain't all it's packed up to be here. city living.
1: Uh, next up, we're going to be speaking to an artist who's more in the physical theater, kind of circus clownish uh, universe, if I may say. We're going to be talking to Sarah Peterson from the show Artichaut, which is a very witty title, I must say. And uh, you're going to be doing acrobatics, theater, clown, and object manipulation, corporal mime, and general madness. And the plot of the show sounds like a clumsy woman who attempts to host a date. So thank That's you very right. much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Can you enlighten us a little further on on what kind of show are you presenting at The Fringe this year?
5: Well, I like to say in a sentence, it's a hot mess preparing for a hot date. <laughs> <laughs> it's a woman uh, just coming home from work and getting ready for a date and everything seems to be working against her and just trying to capture what humor can be brought from such a mess and a lovable person who just breaks everything. and. And uh, you're just kind of rooting for her, you know.
1: And it's a one-woman show, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, is there speech in the show? No, there's not much.
5: Well, sometimes I ad-lib because it helps me get a thought across a movement. But no, it's nothing scripted except for the very last uh, sentence of the show. But mostly it's all movement and... Yeah.
1: But is the movement choreographed? Or are you kind of winging it as you go um, through it?
5: There's a general choreography there, uh, but it changes throughout. You know, I have one piece, a dance, I guess you could say piece, to, um, or it's actually choreographed, established dance number. But, and the first half as well, the opening, it's also choreographed but the end is mostly improv and it's just kind of me running around stage frantically trying to put things together, yeah. But I would never, I wouldn't call it a dance piece because I've never thought of myself as a dancer, but there is dancing. Okay. Yes.
1: What is your training?
5: I am trained in uh, circus arts where I I did that in Vancouver at a place called Circus West. And then I moved to Montreal and I got, I studied theatre performance at Concordia.
1: Okay, fantastic. Yeah. And this is your first Fringe. Is that right? Yeah,
5: it is. It is.
1: And why Fringe? Sorry? Why Fringe?
5: Why Fringe? Okay. Well, basically, after I graduated, I kind of took a step back from theater. I, I'm i not sure. I just wasn't feeling it. I wasn't happy. Da, da, and then I knew I wanted to get back into physical theater. And someone said, well, why don't you apply for Fringe? Because I was training kind of aimlessly without a goal and I didn't know what I was working towards. So I applied and they picked me, and I thought, well, perfect, now I have to build something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that was that. And it turns out that this festival is amazing, and I can't believe I hadn't at least seen more shows throughout the years, and I'm pretty ashamed of that. But now I know that even if I'm not in a show, that there's this, I'm exposed to so many artists and Mm -hmm. amazing shows and people, and just the vibe in general is amazing.
1: Yeah. Now, it also says here that your show is. Maximum 30 minutes?
5: Yeah, I still don't really know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it
5: changes. First night I was so nervous I zipped right through it. But you know, with time, nerves settle and I just try not to go over 30 minutes.
1: <laughs> now, have you been able to catch other shows at this festival? In particular, the, the Rendezvous Galant?
5: I haven't, okay. but I know her. Okay. We we trained together at Kazan, which is a circus place for artists around Montreal. So we actually you've uh, seen each other. Okay, and I'm planning on catching her uh, on her final night.
1: Because your description of your of your themes very similar, it, exactly. I know. Yeah. I know. So that'd be curious. I'm sure it can be done in in several different ways. But she also kind of presents a. Uh, a dinner setting, waiting for a guest, and and then proceeds to, to go into a lot of circus yeah. and, and clowning. So yeah, that was a lot of fun. Check, check it out. <laughs> and uh, let's talk about your collaborators a little bit. Yes. You've got a, a choreographer on team. Sylvia, is that correct? Sylvia
5: Gertrudix, mm-hmm. yes. She's amazing. She is my choreographer. She was uh, my good friend, Shelley Kastner, who's a clown in Berlin. She recommended I work with Sylvia because I needed somebody to help me... A dance piece together, and as I said, I'm not a dancer, so I needed help. So she was a huge help with that. Um, she came to see the opening, so that made me happy.
1: <laughs> Fantastic. Yes. Did you find it was uh, easy with, with all the physical work you do with theater to kind of slip into this, this realm of, uh, of choreography?
5: It felt like I was coming back home in a way. Mm. Yeah, it just felt great to, to. For me, I'm more comfortable with a gesture. To get a thought across and a huge monologue and that's that's just me personally and I felt so happy to be able to explore that again and it's still the beginning but um I, I'm feel I feel like this I, I would like to keep going in this direction.
1: Okay, so yeah. you're putting text aside for a while for now. a while, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh perhaps we could also talk about the music composition. Yes. Do you have original music in the show?
5: I have One original piece is the street percussion that I use at the Fringe for All, which is a giant, I don't know, mess of traffic sounds to create a sort of street choreography. Um, I've dabbled, Van Boucher is my my composer. He did all the sound edits. We kind of recreated, we re-messed around with a Leonard Cohen song called I'm Your Man. I had him kind of move the lyrics around and add a little bit more of a of instruments to the song because, mm. I mean, as great as the original song, as I felt for the piece I wanted to use it in, it needed a little bit more humph, okay. so he worked in with that. Um, he helped with all the details in the music is all him.
6: Yeah.
1: Speaking of your Fringe for All performance, because that was quite a show, you, you <gasps> kind of came out on stage, you only have two minutes of the Fringe for All, and uh, you did a, a kind of a mimey uh, slapstick piece with no text just moving and uh, with a backflip it was yeah. fantastic <laughs> it's a great impact is that kind of what we can expect from the show a little bit more of
5: absolutely yeah that's uh that's one i just pulled that out from the show for fringe roll so that piece is in fringe and yeah there's definitely some acrobatics and um i guess when i say circus you obviously think aerials and and silks and all this and that and although i'm trained in that i guess this is more just there's acrobatic elements but it's not circus, circus you know but there are flips for sure. Okay, fantastic.
1: (laughs) Something else I think of when I think of circus is is costuming and sets. Is it, is it, is there, I mean, but also one women shows are usually more pared down and simple, which angle have you taken?
5: Oh, much more simple, definitely. Especially for the first show, I wanted to keep things simple, Uh, minimal costume changes and uh, set also. I think the biggest thing would be my, a mannequin and a table,
3: (laughs) yeah.
1: Okay. There's a truck. <laughs> we are live, people, at the uh, at the outdoor site here in the Fringe Festival. And uh, we're just talking to Sarah Peterson from Show, That's Legaffe Productions. And uh, we're going to move on. And I'd love for you to introduce uh, the track that we're just about to play.
5: Yes. So this song is called Starscat by Caravan Palace. And this song opens up the show of my character at her office. Great. Thank you very much.
6: Thank you.
3: The tip and the tip and the tip and the the tip and the tip and the tip and the tip the tip and the the tip and the tip and the tip the tip and the the tip and 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 the tip the tip the 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 Drink, 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 ticket drink, 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 drink,
1: That's right. You're listening to Dirty Feet on the No More Radio Network. We're doing a live broadcast from the Fringe Outdoor site, a.k.a. The Beer Tent. And uh, we're talking to people who have dance shows in the Fringe or physical theater shows, like our last guest, Sarah Peterson from La Productions. Their show is called Show. It's a one-woman acrobatic clowny show. And uh, the next presentation of the show will be Tuesday, June 18th at 6 p.m. Her venue is La Chapelle. On uh, Saint Dominique. it's uh, it's just around the corner from the tent here, so uh, look forward to to catching that show. It's also the same venue where that show was. I mentioned earlier, um, uh, Le Rendezvous Galant is playing, so I think uh, both of those are worth your time. So we're moving on. We're going to switch languages, and JD is going to introduce our next guest.
2: Oui, avec nous maintenant, on a Anne-Fleur de Rochambeau, une graduée de l'UQAM, euh, qui présente euh, son nouveau, sa nouvelle création. On l'a déjà vue au Festival Bouge d'ici. Elle avait dansé euh, dans, dans un solo au dernier festival. Euh, donc, euh, bonjour Anne-Fleur, ça va bien aujourd'hui? Oui, ça va bien, merci. Ouais. Euh, donc, euh, parle-nous un petit peu de cette nouvelle création que tu fais. C'est quelque chose sur lequel tu avais déjà travaillé auparavant. Est-ce que...
7: Oui, c'est une pièce qu'on a eu euh, la chance de travailler depuis euh, novembre dernier. Euh, On avait eu l'occasion de de la confronter un peu à un premier public lors des présentations de Passerelle 840 à l'UCAM. Mais à l'époque, c'était juste un 15 minutes. Euh, On était juste trois interprètes. Puis, euh, entre temps, ben, ça ça a fait du chemin. On a continué la collaboration autant avec. euh, Le, le, le compositeur, Annie de avec qui je travaille, et euh, on a ajouté une interprète, puis euh, maintenant c'est devenu une pièce de 30 minutes euh, qui a gagné en maturité, et, euh, ouais, qui respire plus, qui est plus texturée, donc euh, on est satisfait du, du, du voyage en tout cas.
2: Et la genèse du projet, c'était quoi exactement Qu'est-ce qui a été l'inspiration Comment c'est, Qu'est-ce qui t'a amené à, à, à développer cette pièce
7: Au départ c'est vraiment mon environnement, moi je viens de France, j'ai voyagé un petit peu, je me suis arrêtée à New York, ensuite je suis venue ici, donc j'ai été bercée dans divers environnements, toujours assez dynamique avec beaucoup de choses qui se passent autour, on sait jamais trop qui suivre, quelles décisions prendre, c'est un peu cet environnement, le fait qu'on se laisse absorber et influencer par ce qui nous entoure, c'était ça ma première piste de travail. Euh, donc euh, avec les interprètes euh, on a fait pas mal d'exploration, et puis chacune on se laissait aussi influencer les unes les autres parce que chacune on a des, des personnalités très différentes des qualités de mouvement aussi très différentes donc euh, ça, ça m'a beaucoup nourri euh, c'était vraiment ça le point de départ
2: et euh, dans, la, dans le texte en fait que tu as écrit pour ta pièce euh, tu mentionnes justement un, comme un poisson rouge dans un bocal Euh, un, un peu comme on a la sensation de tourner en rond et de chercher
7: oui, tout à fait ben je pense que ça a commencé aussi à une période où, où on se cherche on termine l'école on essaye de démarrer de nouveaux projets on cherche ce qu'on va faire plus tard donc on est toujours dans un mode euh, à chercher quelque chose, à essayer d'aller dans une direction puis dans une autre. On suit une masse, on se différencie d'une masse. Donc des fois, oui, je trouvais que ça s'apparentait un petit peu à comme si on était dans un bocal, puis qu'on tournait en rond, puis qu'on cherchait notre chemin. Donc euh, c'est de là qu'est venu un petit peu euh, la métaphore. Et euh, donc euh, j'ai beaucoup aimé cette image, puis je l'ai gardée tout le long. Donc euh, oui, il y a des petits poissons rouges qui, qui, qui nous accompagnent sur scène, qui dansent avec nous, qui apportent une certaine ambiance. Euh, Pour immerger un peu le public avec nous, dans notre univers.
2: Et euh, c'est ta première participation au Fringe?
7: Oui, oui. C'est Comment tu trouves l'expérience? Fringe. Ça doit être très
2: différente de présenter un public qui est plus dense, comme ce que tu avais à Passerelle.
7: Oui, ben sur beaucoup d'aspects c'est très nouveau pour moi, c'est, c'est un gros challenge puisque je chorégraphie, c'est moi qui organise tout puis je danse aussi finalement dedans. Donc je suis vraiment baignée à fond dans, dans toute une ambiance parce que c'est ça le fringe, c'est vraiment plein de choses qui se passent en même temps, une énorme communauté mais d'un autre côté ça m'apporte aussi beaucoup de soutien parce qu'il y a toujours du monde autour de toi qui te conseille, il y a beaucoup de choses aussi à observer autour pour apprendre. Euh, à faire un spectacle, à vendre un spectacle, donc euh, je, j'aime vraiment ça, je suis vraiment satisfaite, euh, c'est le fun.
2: Et tu as déjà une critique qui a été sortie en plus du spectacle?
7: Oui, euh, on a eu notre première samedi et on a eu la visite de Naila Naoufal qui écrit euh, dans le blog Dance from the Mat et hier soir, euh, donc elle a publié une critique sur le show, c'est une merveilleuse critique, on est vraiment enchanté, donc euh, vous pouvez aller faire un tour euh, sur Facebook, euh, c'est même aussi maintenant sur euh, le site du Fringe donc vous pourrez lire euh, ce qu'elle a pensé du spectacle
2: Et est-ce que cette, cette critique s'est amené à repenser à ton spectacle différemment est-ce que ça t'amène à faire des changements dépendamment de ce qu'elle dit ou est-ce que c'est plus nourrissant comment euh, tu sens?
7: Dans un premier temps je trouve que c'est très encourageant d'avoir un retour euh, d'une personne du milieu, d'une personne qui a l'habitude de voir euh, des spectacles de danse qui a l'habitude d'être immergée dans, dans plein de d'ambiance comme ça Donc, euh, à ma première lecture, je, je me suis vraiment sentie encouragée et puis euh, c'est sûr que euh, on se remet toujours en question et ensuite par rapport à ça. On a envie d'aller plus loin, on n'a pas envie de lâcher le morceau et donc euh, oui, oui, il y a des petites choses que, que, que je reconsidère et il y a encore plusieurs dates de show. Au fur et à mesure, déjà, rien que sur le fringe, le, le spectacle va évoluer légèrement, mais ensuite, par, par la suite, autant pour cette pièce-là que pour mes prochaines créations, ça me nourrit, c'est sûr.
2: Et vous avez eu deux représentations pour l'instant
7: Oui, on a eu deux représentations. La prochaine, euh, c'est ce soir à 21h30. Donc, euh, nous, on est à l'avenue 11, qui est le studio multimédia au Conservatoire de Musique et d'Art Dramatique. Puis ensuite, on en aura d'autres euh, vendredi, samedi et dimanche prochain.
2: Et tout l'aspect social du Fringe, ce qui est très différent du milieu de la danse, euh, c'est, en, encore là, c'est sûr c'est des milieux de, de per, de, de, d'art très différents, très variés, beaucoup d'humour, beaucoup de théâtre... Euh, naviguer à travers ça en tant que danseuse, en tant que chorégraphe. Comment tu trouves ça au juste euh,
7: C'est assez amusant, en fait. Au, au début, on se fait un peu surprendre euh, quand on vient au Fringe Fall, qu'on découvre toute l'ambiance, euh, qu'on voit les numéros de chacun, euh, qu'on voit toute cette immense diversité. Euh, au début, on, on, est, on est un peu surpris, puis après, euh, on s'habitue. Puis euh, finalement, ben, j'aime ça, moi aussi. Euh, Ça ça, ça apporte aussi d'autres sources d'inspiration, des choses auxquelles on n'aurait peut-être certainement jamais eu l'idée, juste de les voir, de voir comment elles sont amenées, de voir comment elles sont proposées. On a vraiment du tout au tout dans le fringe, puis je suis contente d'en faire partie.
2: Et pour le futur, est-ce que tu as 'as des des intentions avec cette pièce-là? Est-ce que tu veux l'amener ailleurs? Tu veux la continuer, l'allonger?
7: C'est sûr que j'aimerais l'amener ailleurs. Euh, Je vais. Je vais, je vais me battre, puis euh, je, je vais faire mon possible pour que pour essayer de la présenter dans d'autres endroits. Euh, c'est sûr que plus on travaille sur une pièce, plus elle évolue et puis elle gagne en maturité. Donc euh, ça, je, c'est sûr que je garde ça en tête. Et puis euh, je pense aussi que je vais avoir besoin après le fringe de laisser reposer puis d'aller chercher d'autres idées puis démarrer autre chose. Comme ça, quand je vais revenir après dessus, ça va être d'autant plus fort.
2: Ouais. Parfait. Et euh, donc, euh, la prochaine date, comme tu disais tantôt, c'est ce soir à 9h30 au Studio Multimédia. Euh, est-ce que tu pourrais juste introduire la musique qu'on va entendre à l'instant? Oui.
7: Euh, alors, la musique, euh, elle a été conçue par euh, Annie de Bach. Euh Je collabore avec lui depuis le début du processus. Puis, euh, il avait même participé aussi à d'autres projets dans lesquels j'ai participé. Donc, euh, avec la danse contemporaine, euh, pour lui, c'est assez nouveau. Mais maintenant, euh, il s'en sert, il s'en inspire. Et donc, ça a été un échange. Il est venu nous voir en pratique. Donc, euh, notre, nav- notre travail se nourrit l'un et l'autre. Les deux ont évolué et ont été créés ensemble. Voilà.
2: Parfait. Merci beaucoup Anne-Flore.
7: Merci à vous.
1: Et on we'll continue in French with the next Oh my goodness. You're going to stay tuned to hear me talk more English a little later on in the show, but I'm going to save that for the guests that are English. We have another uh, French guest uh, who's presenting a, a dance or movement piece in the Fringe Festival this year. And I'm going to let JD take over from here so you don't have to listen to me stumble over my French words anymore.
2: Donc, avec nous en ce moment, Cassandre d'Escarbeau de la compagnie Car Chorus. Euh, c'est la deuxième année de suite que Cassandre présente quelque chose au Fringe. L'an dernier, elle avait présenté le spectacle... Cassandre?
8: Keep the Car Running.
2: Parfait. Oui. Euh, tu avais également présenté au Festival Fringe de Saguenay il y a deux ans. Oui, c'est ça. Euh, Donc, tu commences à être une habitude du Fringe. Euh, cette nouvelle mouture que tu fais, euh, cours arrière, euh, c'est quelque chose... Sur lequel tu travailles depuis longtemps, mais qui a eu plusieurs itérations, as changé de danseuse beaucoup. Euh, parle-nous donc un peu justement du processus que tu as eu récemment pour créer ton show.
8: Oui, en fait, pour le le fringe cette année, on a commencé la création un mois avant le fringe à cause de, on venait tous de finir notre bac et tout à Concordia et à Lucan. Euh, donc euh, on n'avait pas beaucoup de temps pour monter le show donc ça a été vraiment un, un petit rush mais j'ai utilisé des, des éléments qu'on avait déjà travaillé euh, l'année d'avant parce qu'on était censé faire le fringe Saguenay finalement ça n'a pas eu lieu tout ça donc j'avais déjà un peu des éléments de base et on a travaillé à partir de ça pour euh, développer la pièce en euh, très peu de temps
2: <rire> Et parle-nous un peu de, de quoi arrière Dans Keep the Car Running, tu avais un thème le thème des automobiles, la route qui était euh, récurrent euh, maintenant c'est les souliers Parle-nous un peu de comment tu as amené cet élément-là dans ta création.
8: Euh, en fait, euh, je pense que c'est une thématique qui ressemble un peu à Keep the Car Running, parce qu'il y a toujours la thématique du, du chemin, euh, où aller, où développer, puis un peu le, encore un, un moyen de, de locomotion, donc les, les souliers, on marche avec ça et tout. Puis euh, dans la pièce, c'est déjà une recherche aussi de, de l'équilibre, mais du chemin aussi, vers où on va, quelle est la, la bonne voie. Donc il y a encore cette exploration-là euh, dans la pièce. L'idée des souliers est venue juste, euh, juste comme ça, tout, tout bonnement. Euh, je, je sais pas, j'ai été inspirée par, euh, par le fait d'avoir plein de souliers sur scène, puis j'ai eu envie d'explorer avec ça. Puis euh, voilà.
2: <rire> Parfait. Et euh, donc dans cette pièce-là, vous avez, cinq danseuses qui dansent pour toi. Euh, et justement, où est-ce que tu les as amenées au niveau du mouvement C'est une pièce qui comparée à Keep de Car Running est beaucoup plus axée sur le mouvement. Euh, comment est-ce que tu as développé ce mouvement là? Est-ce que ça a été beaucoup de collaboration avec les danseuses? Est-ce que le mouvement vient surtout de toi?
8: Euh, il y a eu un peu des deux. Euh, vu le, le manque de temps un peu, je leur ai demandé beaucoup de, de travailler euh, des, des certains mouvements euh, par eux-mêmes que j'ai ensuite travaillé avec eux puis qu'on a gardé. Il y a certaines sections que c'est totalement moi qui ai chorégraphié, d'autres que c'est plus eux. Euh, comme certains duos, par exemple. Euh, les solos, c'est moi qui les ai chorégraphiés. Euh, les sections de groupe aussi. Il y a juste les, les duos que c'est plus eux qui ont travaillé sur ça. Donc, euh, c'est vraiment comme un échange, un peu une collaboration. Je suis vraiment intéressée à ça aussi, à faire en sorte que les, les danseurs sont pas juste des interprètes, mais vraiment des artistes dans la pièce. Là.
2: Parfait. Et cette nouvelle année de Fringe, comment tu la vis au niveau social? Est-ce que tu trouves que l'esprit Fringe est encore là? Est-ce que tu as l'occasion de rencontrer beaucoup de nouveaux artistes?
8: Euh, ben moi, malheureusement, j'ai pas eu beaucoup l'occasion de participer aux événements encore. Euh, bon, j'ai été malade pendant une semaine, donc euh, je suis restée au lit toute la semaine, donc j'ai manqué beaucoup d'événements. Euh, puis euh, je suis quand même occupée aussi, euh, je travaille à côté, donc plusieurs pro- autres projets aussi. Euh, donc c'est sûr que j'ai pas eu le temps de participer autant que l'année passée, mais euh, j'espère pouvoir, là, dans les prochains jours, plus euh, être là aux événements, parce que je pense qu'on a une belle gang cette année, surtout en danse, il y a beaucoup de spectacles de danse, donc j'ai hâte de voir les autres spectacles aussi, puis... Euh,
2: Tu es également chorégraphe d'une troupe euh, collégiale.
8: Oui, je suis chorégraphe pour le cégep de Saint-Jérôme, la troupe de danse euh, pendant l'année scolaire. Là, euh.
2: Et l'expérience de chorégraphier sur des danseurs qui viennent du milieu professionnel, qui viennent de finir leur, leur éducation en danse, et de, de chorégraphier sur des gens qui le font d'un niveau un peu plus amateur, sans nécessairement que la qualité ne soit pas, mais comment tu trouves ces c'est expériences, entre cette grosse troupe-là, qui est Corévie, et... Ta, ta compagnie corps chorus
8: mais c'est sûr qu'avec avec Aurélie c'est des jeunes souvent qui ont soit très peu fait de danse ou pas du tout donc il faut les amener à la danse contemporaine tranquillement parce qu'au début des fois ça peut être comme ça peut faire peur à certaines euh, qui savent pas trop c'est quoi donc on les amène tranquillement mais ils ont vraiment un esprit d'ouverture puis ils ont envie d'explorer puis on peut faire des choses vraiment trippantes avec des, des amateurs en fait qui qui dansent pas qui découvrent certaines choses donc ça peut être vraiment trippant autant qu'avec des des danseurs professionnels. Euh, c'est sûr que c'est pas le même niveau de qualité euh, de mouvement qu'on peut leur demander. Mais au niveau de la créativité, euh, l- les deux ont beaucoup de créativité, là. C'est vraiment intéressant pour ça. Euh.
2: Donc, toi, au niveau de la danse, en fait, qu'est-ce qui te pousse? Qu'est-ce qui t'amène à créer? Qu'est-ce qui t'inspire quand tu vois des corps? Parce que justement, ta capacité de chorégraphier sur des corps un peu moins entraînés. C'est, c'est pas nécessairement la virtuosité qui t'intéresse. Qu'est-ce qui t'amène à explorer le corps?
8: Moi, je suis surtout intéressée par les images, euh, un peu comme un... C'est la, la danse contemporaine, pour moi, c'est surtout comme, un peu comme un poème en mouvement dans l'espace. Donc, c'est vraiment plus les images qui m'intéressent. C'est pour ça que j'utilise beaucoup des objets, euh, les images, les significations. J'aime ça voir des corps différents, en fait, sur scène. Des corps trop entraînés à la longue. Euh, je trouve que c'est juste qu'on voit ça tout le temps dans les spectacles de danse. Puis, des fois, j'ai envie de voir des choses un peu différentes, différentes grandeurs, différentes qualités de de mouvement. Et, euh, j'aime ça quand les interprètes ne font pas toutes la même façon le même mouvement. Je trouve que ça, ça enrichit plus, euh, plus de texture, plus de différence entre le mouvement.
2: Et ton euh, ton exploration en fait des chemins parcourus et à parcourir. Euh, dans, dans le cas de cour arrière, est-ce que tu trouves que le, ce qui en ressort est quelque chose de positif? Est-ce, est-ce que c'est quelque chose qui est un peu plus dur? Euh, avec Keep the Car Running, y avait-tu même quelque chose d'un peu sombre derrière? Le spectacle, est-ce que tu trouves que Cour arrière est un peu plus euh, lié à l'espoir?
8: Euh, je pense que les deux, il y a toujours une touche un peu d'espoir dans mes pièces. J'aime ça que ça soit pas juste comme son, mais à la fin que ce soit un peu euh, plus joyeux. Mais non, je pense que l'en, l'en, l'atmosphère est un peu la même parce que c'est, c'est toujours une recherche puis qui vient de quelque chose qui qui, qui va un peu moins bien, mais qui va vers quelque chose qui va mieux à, vers la fin. Donc, je pense que de ce côté-là, l'atmosphère se ressemble un peu là, dans les deux.
2: Et tu as collaboré avec un compositeur pour euh, cette nouvelle création-là. C'est la première fois que tu collabores directement avec un compositeur?
8: Bien, j'avais, fait, euh, j'avais travaillé avec lui pour euh, des pièces à l'université, à Concordia. Euh, mais là, c'est la première fois vraiment que, qu'on monte un show là, de 45 minutes là, ensemble. Puis, euh, c'est vraiment super trippant d'avoir un compositeur live qui fait la musique, puis tout ça.
2: Comment vous avez amené ça, l'aspect live de la musique? Dans, dans la pièce, à quel point est-ce que de la manipulation de la musique live?
8: Euh, lui, dans le fond, il y avait des pièces déjà faites qu'il utilise, puis il rajoute par-dessus des, des, des sons, des instruments, puis il, y a comme une, il fait des mix euh, en même temps live. Donc c'est différent à chaque soir. Des fois, il va rajouter euh, plus de piano, des fois plus de tam-tam, ça dépend. Là, c'est, euh, c'est varié.
2: Donc, euh, comme on disait avec Cassandre L'Escarbeau, Corcorus, Cour arrière, leur prochain show est mardi le 18 juin à 9h45 au studio Multimédia. Donc, Cassandre, merci beaucoup d'avoir été avec nous. Est-ce que tu pourrais juste nous introduire la pièce musicale qu'on va faire euh, jouer?
8: Oui, euh, la pièce musicale a été composée par euh, Tristan Henry. C'est le compositeur qui a fait la musique pour euh, mon show au complet. Donc, euh, la pièce s'appelle Backyard, donc c'est en anglais le titre du spectacle Cour arrière.
6: Merci.
0: Donc on est de retour, euh, live en direct du Parc des Amériques pour Dirty Feet. Euh, c'est Joanie qui parle. Euh, on est encore en français, donc on va continuer avec euh, Josiane Fortin pour le spectacle Corporation. Donc je le dis lentement parce qu'il y a des petits traits d'union, quand vous lisez, il y a trois mots bien distincts. Et euh, Josiane Fortin va donc euh, nous en parler un peu plus. Bonjour Josiane. Bonjour. <rire> ça va bien? Oui, merci. Comment se passe ton expérience euh, au Fringe? Je pense pas que c'est la première fois que tu, y fais, tu en fais partie. C'est la deuxième année, deuxième ça se passe année. très
9: bien. J'adore le festival parce qu'il n'y aucune censure, on peut vraiment expérimenter. Puis à date, on a fait deux représentations, on a eu beaucoup de gens, c'était vraiment agréable. Excellent. Et est-ce que tu peux nous parler donc de Corporation, qui est un oui. duo? Tout à fait, c'est en fait une pièce qui a été développée autour du thème de la consommation du corps. Donc on s'est inspiré des images de la publicité et tout, des corps parfaits qu'on a remis en question pour développer justement un, un, un corps qui est plus sensible, poétique, qui est plus personnel. Donc on joue entre une virtuosité ou une technique très comme parfaite finalement et une sensibilité très douce qui est plutôt de, de l'ordre de l'être humain selon selon nous. Donc, on joue en deux pôles très opposés, un minimalisme et une physicalité très
0: grande. Et ça fait combien de temps que tu tu faisais la recherche pour ce spectacle-là au niveau de la création et tout?
9: Ça fait depuis l'automne, la fin de l'automne. Donc, on explore en studio, puis c'est vraiment... euh, le résultat de nos recherches. c'est pas une pièce non plus qu'on considère comme étant finale finale, mais on, en même temps, c'est le résultat de notre processus euh, en ce moment. Puis on espère continuer à la développer davantage euh, ou euh, développer la gestuelle davantage dans le futur.
0: Oui, voilà. Il y a beaucoup de... Vous êtes souvent au sol, je dirais. Il y a beaucoup d'acrobatie de travail. bon Donc, au sol, comme je disais, vous portez des knee pads. Donc, on s'attend vraiment à ce que vous euh, vous bougez beaucoup, ce que vous faites. Mm-hmm. Est-ce que c'était une intention, le travailler au sol, par exemple, parce que c'est très bas tout le long du show? Est-ce que c'était quelque chose que tu voulais... Euh, euh, travailler? Oui, tout à
9: fait. En fait, on s'intéresse beaucoup au travail au sol, justement. Euh, c'est, ça, c'est, ça découle de l'acrobatie un peu, puis euh, ça fait partie justement du corps qu'on veut trouver comme un, très entraîné, un corps très euh, physique, finalement. Donc, on a d- d- décidé de développer ça davantage, puis c'est quelque chose qui m'intéresse beaucoup. D'ailleurs, je m'inspire beaucoup de Kelly Keenan, avec qui j'ai suivi des cours, des ateliers. Donc, euh, ça m'intéresse beaucoup, le travail au sol. Oui, voilà. Comment trouver des nouvelles euh, connexions euh, différentes, finalement, au lieu d'être toujours debout.
0: Oui, voilà. Est-ce que euh, Myriam vient aussi du, du bac de, à Lucam? Oui, tout à fait. Oui, elle également. a terminé
9: en 2010, mais en interprétation pour, pour sa part. Okay. Puis en ce moment, elle travaille en tant qu'entraîneur dans un gym.
0: Okay. Puis toi, tu étais profil création? En création, oui, tout à fait. Ouais. Puis là, je suis Et... à la maîtrise en création encore. Voilà, et est-ce que tu as commencé ta maîtrise déjà, donc tu dis?
9: J'ai fait un an, mais c'était des cours surtout théoriques, le le profil création commence davantage la deuxième année, le projet
0: final, où est-ce qu'on va être plus en studio. Exactement, tu vas être plus physique justement, euh, travailler euh, tes trucs... Ouais. Est-ce que tu vas un peu euh, élaborer sur corporation pour ta maîtrise ou pas nécessairement? Peut-être
9: à partir de la gestuelle, mais j'aimerais ça développer davantage un concept euh, autour de la théorie fictionnaire de la sensation, qui est une théorie du philosophe Michel Bernard. Donc c'est, c'est très complexe, là, mais c'est une théorie qui, qui explique dans le fond qu'on peut tisser une, une texture corporelle fictive autour du mouvement qu'on voit, donc une texture supplémentaire au mouvement visible. C'est... Dans le fond, comment amener une aura poétique autour du mouvement. Fait que c'est ce qui m'intéresse de travailler, la sensibilité du mouvement, finalement. OK. Comment tu as commencé à lire du, euh, ce philosophe-là,
0: Michel Bernard Comment c'est arrivé c'est... dans ta vie
9: À la maîtrise, il euh, y avait un cours euh, qui était très philosophique, finalement, sur le corps. Puis ça m'a intéressé d'aller lire davantage Michel Bernard. On l'a abordé très rapidement, sa, sa théorie sur les chiasmes. Donc j'ai voulu euh, okay. en découvrir davantage. Puis finalement, c'est un, un livre très complexe sur la chorégraphie, mais vraiment intéressant. Ça s'appelle euh, De la création chorégraphique le livre écrit en 2001. C'est très lui intéressant pour un... nous relancer dans nos idées de création là. voilà mais lui qui est pas un danseur euh, non Michel c'est Bernard. un philosophe de la danse oh, mais il, vraiment il, il travaille très très près avec les chorégraphes il va en studio pour, euh, pour justement écrire sur euh, des philosophies sur la danse très okay. intéressant
0: waouh mm-hmm. Et comment se passe le Fringe Donc, c'est ta deuxième année que tu fais le Fringe. Mm-hmm. Et pourquoi tu euh, réappliques pour le Fringe une deuxième fois Mais C'est vraiment pour la, l'ambiance puis la,
9: les rencontres entre différents artistes. Je trouve ça vraiment intéressant de pouvoir côtoyer autant d'artistes en aussi peu de temps, de toutes les disciplines. Puis aussi pour la, la, la non-censure, finalement, parce qu'on peut vraiment oui. expérimenter. Puis c'est, c'est ici, finalement, qu'on peut faire nos tests. Puis euh, Comme explorer des processus qu'on n'aurait peut-être pas essayé euh, si on avait eu euh, comme la pression d'une autre salle ou d'un autre festival qui est beaucoup plus euh, souvent on a des standards à respecter ou la mission artistique à, de la salle à respecter ou le, de l'organisme.
0: Été Donc... à la salle sur Henri Julien, était à la La salle, c'est multidisciplinaire, c'est ça? Multimédia, oui. Multimédia, c'est ça. pardon. Non, non, je dis multidisciplinaire. Multimédia. Non, ouais, Et est-ce que avais performé là l'année dernière? Euh, la, le studio à côté au studio Jean Valcourt. Jean Valcourt, ok. Ouais. Que le public est juste placé différemment. Dans c'est le fond, c'est mal juste ça qui change. <rire> Exactement. Mais est-ce que tu aimes l'espace? Oui,
9: bien. Mais, euh, c'est un tout petit peu plus petit que l'autre studio. Mais c'est intéressant. C'est juste qu'on a beaucoup de, de d'espace. On utilise beaucoup les diagonales. Donc, on a dû euh, adapter la pièce à, à la salle. Mais je l'aime bien quand même. Surtout que la, le public est quand même, en, En hauteur. En hauteur, ouais. donc ça, ça permet de bien voir la danse qui est très adaptée et très agréable pour nous.
0: Oui, qui est au sol, comme on disait. Oui, au fond, sol. Pour être capable de. <rire> Les de bien commentaires voir. des gens,
9: c'est cadat. Ils voient quand même bien la gestuelle, même si c'est au sol. Donc oui, ça... absolument.
0: Je l'ai vu samedi, moi. Il y avait pas mal de monde dans la salle. Puis, non, comme tu dis, on voyait très, très bien. C'est, c'est important, évidemment, qu'on.
9: <rire> qu'on... Ouais, surtout pour du travail au sol. Oui, exactement.
0: <rire> Comment tu, tu décrirais la pièce?
9: Euh, aux gens euh, qui qui va venir le voir. C'est une euh... pièce très dansée puis en ce moment on en voit pas tant que ça non plus. Tu sais il y a beaucoup de crues ou de provocations ou des fois des concepts vraiment flash. Euh. Puis à euh, nous autres c'est vraiment un travail physique, euh, dansé corporel avec des acrobaties et de la sensibilité. Donc euh, une fusion entre le minimalisme et l'explosion euh, côté euh, physique.
0: C'est très danse contemporaine aussi, on ouais. va dire hein. Ouais vraiment. Ah, oui,
9: tout absolument. À fait. Donc
0: c'est 30 minutes, c'est ça 30 30 minutes, 30 minutes très très tight comme on dit en <rire> <rire> ouais. langage de danse et ton prochain spectacle c'est c'est quand je pense c'est demain mardi. Demain oui à à heures. À 20h parfait. Puis il en reste trois
9: autres après le vendredi, samedi, dimanche.
0: Ah, donc trois shows qui 4. Quatre. 4. Quatre. Quatre, donc vous en avez ouais. fait deux jusqu'à date. OK ben bonne continuité Merci pour beaucoup. les spectacles, je pense ça va bien se passer encore.
2: Now uh, with uh, Wendy Jallin from the uh, company Anikai Dance presents The Knocking Within. It's a show that's presented at Montréal Art Intercultural Interculturel May. So, hi, Wendy. How are you doing today?
10: I'm fine. How are you?
2: Good. Thank you. So, uh, you're coming to us from the States. You're coming from Boston. Yep. Um, And is it your first time performing in Montreal, presenting your work in Montreal?
10: This is my first time ever in Montreal.
2: Great. And how did you hear about the Fringe Festival in Montreal?
10: Um, We performed the same piece uh, in two different Fringe festivals last year. Um, we performed at the New York French Festival and then the Houston French Festival. And I was looking at other French festivals because uh, it seemed like the right venue for this piece. Um, and uh, I have always wanted to come to Montreal, so we applied for this one.
2: <laughs> and were you aware at all of the Montreal dance scene before coming? Did you know Montreal choreographers?
10: I didn't know specific Montreal choreographers, but I had heard that there's a very strong contemporary dance scene here. And so I wanted to see for myself a little bit um, and I actually haven't seen any shows yet, but we're going uh, this week. We'll be seeing some of the other shows.
2: And your background is quite varied. You you have a lot of, um, I'm going to say, like uh, world dance experience, which is a really big umbrella, but you're inspired by capoeira, by Kalari Payatu, Baratanatyam, barata West African dance, contemporary dance. Mm-hmm. And in your show, we can really sense that that mingling and mixing of all of your dance backgrounds um how did you like how do you bring all of that to the surface how did you manage to bring all of those different experiences uh, into one cons- consistent show
10: um so all of these dance forms i've studied uh, for a long period of time so for example bhartnatyam i started Um, studying when I was seven and I've trained in in India for many years um, and I go back there almost every year. Um, Capoeira I've studied since I was 18, Uh, West African dance also the same Um, and so these all of these dance forms have just become a part of the way that I move so that rather than deciding okay this piece I will use this this kind of movement it's not a sort of intellectual process it's a it's a very. I, I don't like the word organic, but it's an organic process because mm-hmm. it's just the way. That's the way that my body moves. So if I need to express an emotion, it comes out with that mix of of dance languages with that vocabulary.
2: As a capoeira practitioner myself, I was really interested in seeing how you bring that language, which is a combative dance form, mm-hmm. but at the same time, especially for the first fifteen minutes, you really bring it into something that is more. Uh, playful and almost loving, mm-hmm. uh, which eventually becomes a bit more combative. But how how did you bring this combative dance form? How did it in- inspire you in creating a more of a connection rather than a distance between people? Um,
10: so the I, I practice uh, capoeira Angola, which is uh, I don't know which kind you you practice, but um, G- Angola particularly is is very much about the, the inside game, jogo do dentro, and it's very uh it, it it is almost cooperative and there is this very playful sense but at the same time the the fact that it is a combative form i think lends itself to um many different interpretations so that it is sometimes ironic so that someone that that understands the language of capoeira for example who understands the call um the chamada can can see that happen in different ways throughout the piece so that it, the the movement itself while it is understandable to an audience that doesn't play capoeira at the same time someone who does play capoeira can see it and can understand it on in each interpretation differently um and also through their own experience experience of the hoda.
2: and your company uh you bill it as dance theater Mm -hmm. and for the theater aspect of the, the show, you brought in a lot of Shakespearean texts. Mm-hmm. Why did you choose Shakespeare? Wh- wh- like, How did you feel that the Bards' texts were suited for this new creation?
10: Um, there are a lot of different reasons. Uh, one of them is that uh, I'm also a sign language interpreter. And so I had interpreted for a course in Shakespeare. Um, and so I got to engage really deeply with a lot of different Texts that I wouldn't normally have been reading, like Titus Andronicus, which no one reads, um, and no one, no one ever does, because it's one of the most grotesque pieces of theater I've ever seen. But uh, I was, I was able to really learn about these different texts, and at the same time, was thinking about making a new duet, and it's, it seemed to feed well. Also, um, because my background is a lot in, in non-Western. Performance forms and non-Western literatures. Uh, both of my degrees are in non-Western literatures um, and religion. So you, uh, often my work has been with texts that have a lot of reference for people who are not from the West, and so they can understand it on many different levels. And I wanted to try um, to work with a text with texts that people all over the world who are in theater. Um, have experienced in other ways so that they bring their own references rather than my explaining the entire text Um, it's just that people already know the reference
2: great and your next performance is gonna be tonight 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 745 at the May Mm -hmm. and you've still got four shows left so people haven't seen you can definitely go see uh, your shows Um, and could you just introduce the music that we're gonna hear
10: Sure. Um, This is a a very short piece of flamenco music, Um, and let's see, what about it? Um, (laughs) It was actually used to develop several different scenes in the show, but then we actually only use it in one scene.
2: Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on with us.
10: Thank you.
1: after that little flamenco break, we are back with uh, Dirty Feet here talking about dance at the Fringe uh, and or physical comedy at the Fringe as with our next uh, interview. I'm going to be talking with Aaron Rogers from Water Wings, which is a production by Funky Belt Production. And uh, as I understand it, your, your show is a comedy and it's uh, it's theater, but there are dance breaks in it, which there I find There are very some
11: dance breaks. Uh, Brie uh, has been... Been a dancer for years, and I am very enthusiastic. <laughs> so it evens out. Uh, but uh, yeah, we have we have uh, two songs in the show, and uh, we have some fun dance moves to it. And uh, I also just love dance. <laughs> it's great. I can't wait to see all the dance shows at this festival.
1: Yeah, I'm halfway through. <laughs> mm. I've been going strong. Mm. So let's back up and talk about the, the show as a whole. It's a, it's a two-hander, mm-hmm. you and Bree? Yes. Okay. And uh, what's the, the theme of the show?
11: The, this, the theme of the show is dealing with anxiety and dealing with trying to figure out like just your way in the world and what it means to be an adult because I think that's really changed. Uh, I know at my age, I'm 32, my parents already had a house. They already had a kid. They already had their life all together. And I am ridiculous. I don't have any of that stuff. But of course, none of my peers do either. We're Mm -hmm. all just kind of trying to figure out what it means to be a grown up now, what it means to live your life. And especially as an artist, what that means now. So that's what the show is about.
1: And the the title, Water Wings, is that kind of like the safety net? or
11: exactly. It's like when you're a kid and you have those tiny th- It feels like maybe at one point there was something keeping you afloat. Now there's these tiny perilous water wings that you're trying to keep afloat with. Uh, and uh, I will also say, it's also very funny and silly. It's not mm-hmm. all like deep and like, oh no, tough life. You know, we sing and dance mm-hmm. and... Uh, play fun characters and it's a great time and uh, if you like kind of some surrealish Monty Python stuff we've got some character stuff that you're really really gonna love so it's it's about a serious issue but it's really fun and silly
1: okay and so so there's there's theater there's Mm -hmm. dance Uh, what what other kind of form would you put it under in terms of of the structure of the work
11: I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Oh,
1: what kind of f- form would you put it under in terms of the structure of the work? Like, is it, uh, is it it's sketch? It's a sketch comedy show. Sketch, yeah. okay, great, perfect. And, uh, and tell us about these dance breaks. And so, Brie, did Brie put them together and you enthusiastically followed her through Yeah. Yep.
11: Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. It's basically a lot of me singing and her dancing behind us uh behind me and uh yeah it's i have a song uh called if i only had no debt which is (laughs) tragically a little too close to home at times my parents actually saw the show and afterwards my mom was like oh that's fun now everyone knows about all your debts. so there we go you could just (laughs) sing it for people and then we don't have to explain anything because my parents are also very funny so
1: and are you two from montreal
11: no, uh, I'm from Toronto and uh, Brie is from Welland, which is the Niagara region. Okay. So actually, uh, she can speak French and I can say au revoir.
1: <laughs> Not bonjour, but au revoir. No.
11: <laughs> Listen, I'm getting there. I'm working towards... Okay. I said a whole sentence in French earlier today. I was very excited.
1: Fantastic. Good. And uh, so is this your first time doing the Montreal Fringe? It's my
11: first time doing any Fringe.
1: Okay. And it's amazing. And so if you're from Toronto, what, what made you come here to do the French?
11: I love Montreal to a point that it's weird where I talk about it. And like, every time I'm here, I'll be sending texts, messages to people. It's like, you wouldn't believe what I saw. There's a firefighter's parade here. (laughs) We don't have that in Toronto. I also saw a bunch of kids walking along, like from daycare. And some of the daycare workers had them on a book cart. So there was all these kids asleep on a book cart. Like, how did I end up walking into a movie? (laughs) Like, it's just a wonderful, wonderful city full of art And I love storytelling. There's all these amazing storytellers here. Mm -hmm. It's just a beautiful... Wonderful cultural city, full of really interesting, cool, fun people. Plus, I get to do a show here.
12: Mm-hmm. There's
11: pretty much nothing better. I'm yeah, so excited.
1: Agree. You might
11: have you might have been able to tell. Yeah. I try to keep it real quiet, <laughs> real cool, but you know no, sometimes I feel, it bubbles through.
1: I feel the same way. I love yeah. I love the the fringe, and I love Montreal mm-hmm. for sure as a city. And you're you're performing at uh, Espace uh, Four Thousand One Berry. Yeah, how is that going?
11: Great, it's a lovely, lovely space. There's a lot of other shows that are there that are great as well. Our tech is wonderful. Yeah, it's a really, really nice space. I'm very excited to be there.
1: Great, have you actually had the chance to, do you have a fringe recommendation of a show you've seen?
11: Uh, I've I've seen a couple of shows. Uh, I have because we've been doing shows. I haven't seen as many as I'd like. Right, of course. Uh, But uh, I saw How to Be a Terrorist, which I loved. (laughs) Loved that show. Uh, I'm going to go see Tap Me on the Shoulder today, which I'm really excited about. Uh, And uh, I'm also there's a bunch of shows I'm really excited to see. Uh, I did Confabulation yesterday, which was amazing.
1: Mm. Uh, There's a a Confabulation podcast Mm -hmm. on the No More Radio Network. Yeah, there we go.
11: You guys already know about it clearly, clearly. But it was wonderful, and I can't wait to see everyone's shows that was on that show because just brilliant people.
1: Great! Can you tell me about this uh, this piece of music we're going to be playing? Uh-huh. <laughs> this is
11: uh, we have a we have a sketch that involves uh, going to uh, Saint Hubert. So I did a little <laughs> internet search, and I found a bunch of kids who work at Saint Hubert who did an ode to Saint Hubert. Uh, that is amazing. It's so weird. And I love the internet. And I'm one day I'm going to meet these people and give them
1: all a hug. And it's this, great. this is in the show. This is in the show. Okay. Yes. Do, you, do you dance to this piece? Or is this part of a? No, I just love it. Okay. <laughs> great. Well, thank you so much. Thank uh, you. When is your next show?
11: Our next show is on, give me a second. I believe it's uh, thurs- it is on Thursday at 8.15.
1: Perfect. At uh, again, that's uh, Espace Berry. Exactly. Uh, that's Venue Three. If you're fringing, and uh, thank you so much, Erin, from thank Water you. Wings, for joining
11: us. And thank you for to the audience for listening. Woohoo!
3: Bye.
9: Bye. Bye. La chose est pressie dans le coin, on pète la sauce, mais de fin dans le saucer et maintenant on continue au sein du vert Yeah, yeah, je m'en vais tout saisir oh, 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 oh. Je travaille quand c'est super
0: And we are back on, yes. Uh, this is Joanie switching into English now because I uh, love Montreal and love the fringe and love being bilingual and all. I'm here with um, a little cheeky fella. I'm here with Daniel Oldacre. A.K.A. Dandyman for his show. Called Dandyman, yes?
13: Yes, called Dandyman. Okay, Dandy Man. hi yeah. Daniel. Hello. How hi. are you doing? Good.
0: It's your first time in Montreal, you were saying, yes? Yeah.
13: Mm-hmm.
0: How do you like the weather here? Is it a bit colder than Australia?
13: Oh, well, Melbourne, no. it's very similar to Melbourne. It's like day okay. on, day off, like four seasons in one day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Totally. Well, that's,
0: that's what it's been for the past couple of weeks. But now we have some sunshine. We're live again from the French uh, the French park, the beer tent. So come and join us. We have, we'll be here for another 15, 20 minutes-ish. Um, so, Dandyman, tell us about the show, please.
13: Well, it's a combination of skits and bits I've been creating for the last 12, 13 years touring the world, and it's rolled together in a sweet show about waiting. Yeah. Um, not waiting tables, waiting like I've done a lot of waiting, touring the world. Yeah. And um, so, uh, yeah, sort of like really honed pieces and then weaved together. I, I worked with a couple of directors to. Um, Make the show sort of, yeah, create this this piece that's, yeah, my finest yet, really, yeah,
0: right. And tell it's us kind of... now, your um, your press release says absurd acrobatics. Mm-hmm. How would you how would you describe that, like physically, to us uh, dancers and choreographers and physical movers? How would you uh, how would you describe that?
13: I suppose it's um, uh, it's just not really linear. It just doesn't really, um, go. A long conventional sort of, you know, it's something you could just, not describe, but you could um, um categorize, I suppose, yeah, in a sense. Uh, yeah. You have to
0: experience it then, maybe.
13: Pretty much, yeah. Because
0: it's very, it's very interesting the way it's wording. I'm just going to read that. A true original, Old Jacob draws on comedy, absurd acrobatics, top-notch circus skills, and magic, and blends them into something entirely fresh and li- a little bit chaotic. Yeah? Yeah?
13: Yeah, like it's um I've trained at Circus School many, many years ago. Um and then since then I've trained with very various mentors like uh Sesha Baron Cohen, mentor Philip Goliere in London and Paris and um and so it's got sort of roots of that. Yeah, it's all ridiculous, it's clown esque, it's it's um uh yeah, it's it's got sort of everything that I've created over the last yeah, as I said, twelve years rolled into one show yeah yeah
0: have you done the fringe circuit before
13: Um, just sporadically in different places I've just finished I did 30 shows in Adelaide for the Adelaide Fringe Festival and 20 shows for the Melbourne Comedy Festival with this particular show and then other shows yeah just sporadically this one's probably the most honed and I've done it the, the most and yeah. So it's, it's over fifty
0: fifty shows then, over fifty times that you've done this uh, this show, Dandy Man.
13: Yeah, if not sixty, yeah, in different oh. other little places, one-offs, and yeah.
0: And how has it evolved? If it has,
13: uh, yeah, it's changed in different places. Just had to ah, um, oh, you different audiences, different times. Even like at a different time, like I was at six o'clock in Melbourne, so it was yeah. Had to really, really work hard actually to um, try and. Get the audience to capture them, I suppose, yeah. Me
0: mean like 6 p- six p.m.? 6 p.m., but yeah. Was that a weird time to get it people to come?
13: It was a weird p- time for people to come, but also just a weird time for them to um, enjoy it, I suppose. It's like dinner time, nearly. It's <laughs> like kind of that moment where they're half, they finished work, per- perhaps, and they're ready to um, uh, have some food or something, but it's, yeah, yeah. it's a weird. But anyway, you, you create, you've um, i sort of swapped routines around and made things work for different audiences
0: oh you have to because the fringe has you know shows all around the clock almost you have shows at 4 p.m or you'll have show at yeah. 45 p.m yeah, exactly. um, you'll have your noon show here somewhere i mean i don't know if you have a noon show yet but you do have a show tomorrow Yep. 8 mm-hmm. 15 that's a good that's time that's a good
13: time yeah <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> go and see the show it's at venue be- 7 yep. the Rodos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on uh, Avenue Parc, fifty-five eighty-three Avenue Parc. So you have four shows left. You did two already. Mm-hmm. Um, we wish you all the best. Thanks. Thank you so much for being here today.
13: Thanks, Jenny.
1: You've been listening to a live broadcast of Dirty Feet here at the Fringe Park, and we're just about to wrap it up with our last guest. Uh, remember, this uh, this episode will be available on iTunes and the No More Radio website as of tomorrow without the blackout. Yeah, we're going to take that out. And uh, you can also check out bloodyunderrated.net for all our Dirty Feet reviews. We have vowed to cover all of the uh, the dance shows in the festival. And uh, we're about halfway through at this point. We're doing pretty good. We're flying along with that. Uh, we're having so much fun. There's so many great shows going on, uh, some of which we haven't been able to talk about here. Uh, there's, for example, Seduce All Humans by S- Sosum Productions, which is a, a brand... Less uh, sort of variety show that's also, uh, what do you call it? Sci fi based, which sounds fantastic. Rocky Horror, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Okay. It's going to be interesting. Uh, something else that we haven't been able to talk about uh, on this week or last week's episode, which is also dedicated to Fringe, was the uh, Pulse by Jasmine Fife, a dance company from Toronto, uh, based on the soul tunes from the 50s and 60s. I got the pleasure of seeing that one. It was fantastic. Uh, really exciting stuff. Uh, very contemporary fun. Lots of grooving in there. And uh, some mild and gentle uh, audience participation. Uh, we should also just quickly mention our, our shameless plugs for our own shows because all three contributors to the Dirty Fee podcast have shows in the fringe. Uh, I, for one, am doing Faster Presents The Elephant in the Room with two live musicians and myself dancing solo at Fuchsia, Colonial and Duluth, a little off venue. And uh, how about you guys?
2: Uh, I'm in Made of Meat by choreographer Katie Belanger, who we had on the show last week. Uh, we had one run so far. The next one is tonight at 6 p.m. It's at Studio Jean Valcourt in the Conservatoire.
0: And yes, I am performing in Tori Corpor, which is a new collective uh, with Joanne Gour, Valérie Bottle, and Maria Garcia Oyervides. So come and check it
1: out. We have a show Wednesday. Great. Uh, any more announcements or are we ready to get to our final guest? We're, we're ready. Yeah. All right. Up next
2: with us is Claire Hughes. Who's uh, coming to talk to us about Quality Slippers Productions' new work, Urge for Growing. Uh, people who have been hanging out at the French park might have seen a poster. It's really this really gorgeous drawing of a woman holding a guitar. And um, the w- one of the things that's really interesting about Quality Slippers Productions is that it's a puppet work. It's a puppet play. So Claire Hughes, you are acting as stage manager of the show.
12: Yeah, stage manager, choreographer, and I guess as of today uh, publicity as well so (laughs) we're all doing a lot of things but that's how the fringe gets done everybody does as much as they can yeah
2: that's right Uh, so what can you tell us because there's something really interesting also about urge for Going. you're using music by Joni Mitchell as an inspiration
12: absolutely yeah what happened was initially Becky O'Neill who is the writer of the play uh, co-director star creator of all the puppets creator of all the backdrops animator. Um, She got a Canada Council grant to do a work loosely based on the works of Joni Mitchell. And what she did is created, um, there is some music from her in the show, which is used both for dancing and and for singing. There are a couple sing-alongs. But she used her different songs as inspirations for the scenes. So it kind of stretches through all of Joni Mitchell's work. It's inspiration for the puppets. It's inspiration for the movement. It's inspiration for the animations and film that go on during the show. So it's, it's not the story of Joni Mitchell's life, but it is, it's an allegory for being a Canadian artist and what you need to go through to, to succeed and make a name for yourself, as told through Joni Mitchell's influence.
2: And uh, working as a choreographer for the show, working with puppets... How is that?
12: It's really cool. It's something I've never done before. Um, I Becky is one of my one of my very good friends from high school, and we've we stayed in touch all these years. And she's really explored the medium of, medium of puppetry, and I've never been able to been able to work with her on a large scale. But it's interesting because we do everything from giant cardboard puppets to smaller puppets, more kind of like standard. We have Henry the Fox, who is um, sort of a narrator for the show, and just that seeing is that
1: a gorgeous puppet.
12: Yes, it is a gorgeous puppet, and he's very charming and seeing seeing the way the gesture influences the puppet and, and also the things that the, the puppeteers can do with their bodies to make them as interesting as the puppets has been really fun and even things just like using large scale props as puppets and using those in the space in a choreographed sense has been really interesting. So it's challenging as a choreographer who tends to work with dancers and tends to work with people. Who use their bodies only to all of a sudden incorporate this whole other element?
2: And you also use a shadow play, from what I remember at the French for All.
12: Yes, we do. Yeah, one of we have a number of different aspects of puppets, from large scale to to smaller scales. We have we have um, marionettes, and it's all it's all really lovely. But one thing we do is there is a a screen which has some uh, videos but also has a projector which is it's all paper shadow puppets that move through the space so I didn't really have much involvement in choreographing that but it's just there are all sorts of interesting movement based pieces in the show from large scale with bodies to even even the shadow puppets are it's all very highly choreographed to get all of these things moved around on the screen effortlessly, without seeing any hands. That's kind of the goal. So, it's all it, it creates a really interesting, layered multimedia theater experience.
2: And Becky O'Neill uh, from Quality Slippers Productions. She's she was in Montreal for quite a few years actually she she's did, back now she's back and she did yep. her degree in theater at Concordia yes
12: she did is
2: it the first time that Quality Slippers Productions is actually performing in Montreal or has she performed under her company before
12: she's performed with another collective in the Montreal Fringe before um, she's done work at the uh, Toronto Fringe before we're actually going to the Toronto Fringe after this with the same show she's worked in Summer Works but she's worked in Art Matters here um, she's done a few performances over the years in Montreal um, she does Café Conquer, which with um, a lot of other performers in Montreal, and has, has done a few cabarets here over the years uh, called Feed the Birds Cabaret. So she, does, she definitely has a, a home in Montreal, but I'd say we're about evenly split between Montreal and Toronto, which is, I think, a lovely confluence of two great artistic cities.
2: And there's uh, quite a few shows with puppets this year in the Fringe. Have <laughs> you seen any of them?
12: Uh, actually, there were puppets in the Glam Gam production of The Little Bo Peep Show, which was amazing. Um, our, our Pinocchio, well, we don't have a Pinocchio, and if we did, it would not be as X-rated. This is, it's a show that's it's for everyone, but definitely friendly for kids, but it was a lot of fun to see what puppets can do when they're raunchy.
2: And there's not gonna be that level of raunchiness from what I get in Nurture. No,
12: no raunchiness. It's it's a beautiful tale and there are coyotes and foxes and a gorgeous deer, which is two people in a, in in kind of a deer bodice with a deer face. So there was a lot of choreography of just trying to get people to walk like a deer. Um so it it's more of a, a beautiful woodland tale than anything rated R.
2: And do you have human actors on stage too or
12: Yes. So so they're human actors and the puppets are always always with the human actors. So they're dressed in black but sometimes they're actually integrate integrated into the body of the puppet themselves.
2: And uh, you're performing at Cabridge My Land. Yes. When's your next show?
12: Our next show is Wednesday at 9.30. Then we have Thursday at 6, Saturday at 2.30, and Sunday at 7 p.m. is our last show. Great.
2: Claire, thank you so much for coming. And up next, we're going to hear the song California by Joni Mitchell.
6: Right. About now. But I wouldn't want to stay here, it's too old and cold and settled in its ways here. All oh, the California, California, I'm coming home. I'm gonna see the folks I dig. I'll even kiss a sunset pig, California, I'm coming home. on a Grecian Isle Who did the goat dance very well He gave me back my smile But he kept my camera in a cell Oh, the rogue, the red red rogue He cooked good omelettes and stews And I might have stayed on with him there But my heart cried out for you California Oh, California make me feel good rock and roll band I'm your biggest fan California coming home Oh, it gets so lonely when you're walking and the streets are full of strangers oh, All the news are Just give you There were lots of pretty people there, reading Rolling Stone, reading Vogue. I said, How long can you hang around? I said, A week, maybe two, just until my skin turns brown, and I'm going home to California. California, I'm coming home. Oh, will you take me as I am, strung out on another man? California, I'm coming home. strange
1: Dirty Feet is recorded every week at the Montreal Improv Theatre. Check them out at montrealimprov.com.
2: Dirty Feet is produced and hosted by
1: Alison Burns,
2: J.D. Papillon,
1: Joanne
0: Yferin,
2: and distributed by No More Radio.
0: You can find more about our show at nomoradio.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Dirty Dirty Feet, and you can find us on Facebook at Dirty Feet Podcast. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Do you want to we